Blog Talk Radio. Coming at you live is the standing eight count, and it starts now. Before the first round, I'll make a back down. I'm coming for the ground, and no, we don't back down. I'll beat the track down, screaming like the crowd's gonna react. Wow, pound for pound, I'm the best in the game, man, hands down. The way I stand out, ain't looking for a handout. I'm undisputed, gassed up, and never ran out. I'm underrated, undefeated, and look to branch out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Standing eight count, episode thirteen. Elijah, are you gassed up? Because I get quote gassed up every time we hear that intro. <laughs> Man, I, I am gassed up like a hot air balloon. <laughs> Elijah's been been making some moves going through, and we're gonna have a lot of content coming at you guys in the next month, two months. I don't know, ten months, twelve months. I feel like Shima. When me and Alex went to Chicago and saw Dragon Gate and Ricochet did a double backflip and he's like one flip, two flip, three flip, holy shit! <laughs> and he's he's working out. That's how I feel with, with all this. So wow, we're we're dropping in first interview uh, coming up here in about five to ten minutes here, right after our opening break. Uh, I'm excited for this. Who, who is uh, who's our interview tonight, Elijah? That we're gonna be we chopping it up with in the boxing world. Uh, his name is a. Uh... Gizwa Pierre. All right. Uh, Poppy G is his alias. Uh, he's a local yeah. fighter that's actually going to be fighting on the undercard of the PBC event. He's a uh, 1-0, and oh, and um, he's coming off a pretty pretty big upset early on in his career. And, um, yeah, he's a, he's a nice dude. Been kind of talking with him a lot at these press conferences and stuff and met some guys who, like, he trains with and stuff, so... Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be fun. Get to put Minnesota back on the map. Hopefully here, uh, we will be talking. Speaking of the Minnesota, I just watched that referee push uh, James DeGale in the back with the final ten seconds around ten. That was pretty entertaining. Um, <laughs> DeGale Truax. We're talking from Saturday. It was a bloodbath. We're talking the Jared Hurd Arizlandi Lara main event. I don't know. We may talk the J Rock fight. It kind of was kind of bogus. And I was I have a dull fight. I spent more time making the commercial breaks for our say uh, for for our, uh, our our sponsors than watching after about three. But this, this fight's definitely up for I did, I did score it round by round. So well, we, okay. Well, we're, we we got to break it down. You put in the work. Um, I I I didn't put in as much of the work. So we'll we'll let you handle that. It's it's been an interesting, I don't have interesting much to say. week. It's, uh, I don't have much to say about it, but I mean, I did I did score it, so we can talk a little briefly about it, I guess. I I feel I feel like I've let myself down, as in the boxing world and the pro wrestling world. I have scored every single thing I have watched since January first, and this is the first uh, first weekend where I haven't scored a fight, <laughs> and I guess that's what twelve wrestling shows in four days does to you, but. Uh, I'm I'm excited to check out this main event. I'm going to be watching it here as we go. So I'm kind of doing what Elijah did last show while he was he was watching Joshua versus Parker. I'll be checking out that Heard Laura fight as we go on. 
So I'll have I'll have it all wrapped up as we get in there talking. We also got to bring up the news as we usually do. Floyd Mayweather putting out big feelers that after the April fight against Quaylar, if he wins, and also the May fight, Lomachenko, Javante Davis. I want to ask Elijah when we get to it, is it a little too early after a lackluster performance to go at a guy like Lomo? We'll discuss that. And also, big news coming out of the last week, Canelo is officially out of the bout with Triple G. Last time we were here, we discussed potential candidates and replacements from the good to the terrible to the, uh, what was the guy's name? Jimmy Manuna. I can't Manu- remember that. Munga or M- Mungaya, Manu- I think it was. Mungaya, yeah. Mungaya, <laughs> yeah. I think. So from the highs to the lows, we'll be discussing that. I'm going to be pulling up some, I'm going to be getting my, uh, my little Wikipedia Google machine on in the background, uh, of the show. So we'll be talking that. And depending how much time we have, we'll talk the rest of the fights coming up this month, kind of give you some picks and previews, something that we haven't done. We usually just kind of preview talk it. We're going to give some picks this time and, and really, really try to expand where we're going with, with just how many fights are starting to come up. This is the cold periods done. Now we're starting. That was a big right hand from James McGill. Uh, now we're moving in towards a big, hot and heavy year. So we're going to hit you real quick with a break. We gotta pay some bills. We gotta let you know about FML Solutions and the fantastic deer stand that they are selling. Patent pending is taken care of. Inventory is almost gone, people. The price is going to skyrocket. It took off and it's going great. We appreciate all the support you've given Pat over at FML Solutions. He's happy with it. It's been a great partnership. We're gonna hit that up, let Alex describe it, pay some bills, and we come back. We're dropping a Dropping some knowledge, getting the interview with Poppy G on. We'll be right back. Standing A Cup, Strong Style Media. Looking to get a head start on deer hunting season? Let FML Solutions point you in the right direction. Hi, Alex from Strong Style Media here, letting our listeners know deer season just got a heck of a lot easier. FML Solutions offer a fantastic deer stand that only takes 30 minutes to assemble and disassembles with no tools required. The best part, though, is its ingenious design allows it to double as a cart to haul your trophy back to the truck. FML Solutions is a made-in-the-USA product manufactured right here in Minnesota. Check out FML Solutions on Facebook by searching FML Solutions INC and visit FMLSolutionsInc.com to learn more about this innovative deer stand. Most people would consider this Illegal. 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 What was mere vision suddenly became a reality. When you put a bunch of entities together and you bundle into one giant conglomerate, baby, you get strong style media. My name is Ryan Cook. I'm the chairman of our company, and I'm here to tell you that each and every week, Sunday through Thursday night, we give you the best in radio. For boxing needs, standing eight count radio. For pro wrestling, we got WrestleCast. We got your sports knowledge covered with SportsCast. You like movies? The pop culture is where it's at. And for all your local hip-hop, so the sound radio. Make sure to subscribe, like, comment, rate, share, follow everything you got. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio Tune, and that more. We are Strong Style. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. 
You won't see these folks at the post office. They have businesses to run. They have passions to pursue. How do they avoid trips to the post office? Stamps.com. Mail letters. Ship packages. All the services of the post office right on your computer. Get a four-week trial, including postage and a digital scale. Go to Stamps.com today. Hey, Alex Mello here, host of The Pop Culturist on the Strong Sound Media Network, inviting you to join myself alongside Half Pint's Kyle Adams as we discuss all the latest news and reviews in movies, music, and television. Check us out every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time here on blogtalkradio.com. Also, you can check out the Pop Culturist archives on Blog Talk Radio, Search Bar, Strong Style Media, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play to hear all the eclectic offerings here at Strong Style Media. We are conglomerates. What are we looking at here? Lists all over the safety thing. Third-party background checks for drivers. 24-7 trust and safety team. Critical response line. All right, list. You can play at this game. What if we had a safe word? What about boba? No. What if you actually wanted boba? It's got to be more exotic. What's your wife's name? Oh, Barbara? Safe words, Barbara. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Come on, man. Welcome back to Standing A Count Radio. Um, Poppy G, you there? Yes, I am. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks, uh, thanks for coming on tonight, man. It's a uh, it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, you know, we've been talking for the past like couple of weeks trying to get this together, so so I'm good you're finally here. So yeah, thank you for having me. I, yes. Let, let me say real quick. I apologize. It was my fault that we delayed this. I am a klutz, and I am uh, doing way too many things, and I realized when I tripped and almost broke my neck in my kitchen that, uh, no, that's not really what happened. I was just, I was slowing us down. I apologize. <laughs> I'm glad you're, glad you're with us. Glad you're with us. Uh, Elijah, rock and roll, sir. All right. So, first off, I just want to, I want you to tell us and our listeners about yourself. Yeah, so me, I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota. I graduated from uh, Patrick Henry, which is a North Minneapolis school. Uh, my name is Giswell Poppy G. Yeah, my alias is Poppy G. Uh, I'm one and old right now as a pro. I beat the Somali and Olympian uh, from 2016, my first professional fight. And now I have my second professional fight against Raymond Chacon from California on the Jamar James undercard for TPC. Yes, yes, the PBC event that's going to be coming up on the 13th um, on Friday. Um, so about your first fight, um, from what I gathered and what I heard, that was actually a, a pretty big upset, wasn't it, for you? Like, Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a really big upset. Um, well, for, for whoever thought I, 
I couldn't win. It was an upset for them. But people that know me and know how I train um, and know the championship that I won, it was, it was a, a very technical fight for both of us. Nice, nice. So speaking of um, training, what what gym do you train out of? I train out of the Rico Boxing Gym in St. Paul. It's okay. St. Paul, Minnesota. Yeah, and um, isn't Cerecio, uh, Cerecio Fortz your trainer, isn't he? That is my trainer. Yeah. Yes, he was a he was a pretty successful uh, local like fighter for in Minneapolis and stuff, and I remember his name. Um, who were like, who's like your team? Like, who's in your corner? Who are your train? Who like who are your cornermen? And so in my corner, um, I have Eric, which is Eric is one of my sponsors, as well as the boxing coach. My main coach was the Cerecio. Um, yep. He's been with me their longest. He's been, we've been with each other for over four years now. I have Arian as well. Arian is my mid coach. He he also wraps my hand, and then I have my cut man, which is Casey. So I have those four in my corner. Yep, and I I met all those guys at the at the first uh, at the like not the press conference but the um, the workouts that were there. They all seem like. Seem like nice. Seem like nice guys. Um, so, what do you what do you feel like is going to happen in this uh, the second fight that you're going to be fighting in? Like, what do you what do you bring into the table, and how do you think the outcomes are going to be? And what what can the fans expect expect from this fight that come watch you? Well, this fight for me, I, me personally, I know for a fact I have to make a big statement with this fight. Um, I mean, the guy, Raymond Chacon, I mean, he's a veteran. He doesn't have, like, a whole lot of wins, but he does have a lot of fights. So I know for a fact that I have to make a statement. And with that being said, I'm I'm going for the knockout. I mean, I'm not even – I'm not playing no games with this guy at all. Yeah, I, I, that's uh, – I remember you talking about that uh, today about – and just, just recently about how you, like, want to knock him out and – that's that. That's why I chose the the El Kuje. Mom is gonna knock you out song to like kind of segue to have you on, because you've been talking about that. So, well, yeah. Um, who are there any fighters who you uh, pattern your style off of, or any fighters that you look up to, or do you have like any favorite fighters that like growing up or just recently, or people that you've kind of taken things from? Yeah, I mean, I watch hundreds and hundreds of fighters, so I kind of take things from every single last fighter that I watch. I mean, everybody has something different that they do. I mean, I have something that different that I do, but a lot of people don't notice exactly what that difference is. So, I mean, yeah. I study hundreds and hundreds of fighters. I mean, I take stuff from Floyd. I take stuff from Machinko. I take stuff from uh, from Zab Zuda. I take stuff yeah. from Muhammad Ali, which is my favorite, uh, Mike Tyson. Um, Eddie Hearn. I mean, it, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, Sugar Ray Leonard. And, I mean, I have so many fighters that they they all do just amazing work in what they do, and I just try to uh, take that and mimic what I can and learn from the best. Man, that that's that, that's a great strategy. Um, a lot of the fighters that you mentioned seem to be a lot of like quick boxer, puncher type of fighters, skilled fighters, but fighters that can actually also throw down a little bit too. So 
I think that's a good mix of styles. Um, what what got you into boxing? Like, when did you start? How old were you? What just made you decide to go to the gym um, and and pick this up? That's a great question. So here's how it started. I was living actually living in St. Louis at the time with my mother and my stepfather. Um, and what happened is that it, it was these two boys. They used to always like try to bully me in school. It was two of them. They were two brothers. All the time. I was 11 years old at the time. Um, so one day I was walking home, and I always walked past the police station. Little did I know that the police station was actually a boxing gym too. So we actually, I just had enough one day, and then we just started fighting in front of the police station. And the judge and, and the police officers came outside. They broke it up between us. And I remember the coach, he said, uh, if, if y'all want to fight, then come inside the boxing gym. So I went I went in there, looked in it. It, was, it wasn't that big. It was, like, small in the basement. But when I went in there and I looked around, I mean, from that point, I hit the bag a little bit. Didn't know what I was doing. But from that point on, I mean, history wrote itself. And that's how I started boxing. Sorry, my one of my dogs is, is if you hear yeah, that in the background, no but <laughs> dog's a boxing fan, man. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> but that no, that's a very interesting story, and it seems like a lot of kids get into boxing because they get sick of being bullied and they want to be able to protect themselves. And it seems like you know, not only is boxing a good way to uh, kind of protect yourself and learn how to do that. It's also a good way to, you know, possibly like make some money out of it. And it's, it's, it's crazy how that works out. And it, it just, it seems to me that that happens a lot. So that is, that is, yeah, that is, it is super crazy. So, so for me, I mean, boxing is one of those things where it's also a stress reliever and it's really, really uh, healthy for the body, the way that you do it. And, I mean, it, t- it took me to so many different heights in life. And that would take me to another one in a professional life. Yeah. And, I mean, another thing, too, is that it teaches you discipline. You know, you have to be very dedicated to it. You have to be disciplined to, like, hone your craft. And you just got to get after it with boxing or else you're gonna you're not going to succeed in it. So... It takes a it takes a special kind of person to to succeed in boxing. So, and it's true. I completely agree. Because honestly, I mean, I'm boxing for so long. I've been boxing for about 14 years now. Um, and I've seen hundreds of guys come and go. Hundreds. I mean, and most of the fighters now that you see on TV and everything like that, I don't fought with them. I know them personally. And, yeah. Uh, you just know. I mean, you just catch a niche and it becomes a second life to you, second nature. It's it from there. Did you um did you have did you have an extensive like amateur background? I did. Yeah, I had a very decorated amateur background. Um, yeah, I mean I won over twenty championships. I was I was actually the first one to go to the National Golden Gloves going down and weighing three different weight classes too. Uh, okay. One forty one, one thirty two twice, and I went last year. I went to national down one hundred twenty three pounds. So, oh, wow. I mean, I did that. I won silver gloves, ringside, um, junior Olympics. Man, I mean, it's been a long journey. 
Yeah. Do you um, do you see yourself kind of sticking um, sticking at a super featherweight, or do you see yourself moving up at all? Any like in the near future? Or? Yeah. I mean, right now, I'm honestly like at one of the strongest that I have ever been. I mean, when I was 17, I was fighting at 154 pounds. So, okay. I mean, so right now I'm in my strongest. And as my career goes on, you know, the world titles that I win at 126, one, possibly even 122 if the money is right, I'll go down that low. Because um, I already fought at 123. So, I mean, 122, 126, 130, 135, 140, uh, 147. And I'll probably end my career around about 150. Uh, okay. Where we go work out there. Nice, nice. So, um, do you? Uh, is there anything that you? Do you have any interests or any? Uh, any things that you do like outside of boxing, like career-wise? Are you? Uh, are you doing anything else besides boxing, or is it strictly just boxing at this point? No, I actually. Um, so right now, yeah, it's just strictly boxing. But before that, I made sure that uh, all of my businesses and school, I graduated graduated from the Art Institute uh, with a bachelor's degree in fashion design as well. So that's already done. I have my own clothing line that's up and running. Um, and other businesses, that all ties back into boxing. So I made sure I did everything uh, before I even turned into a, pro- pro- a professional athlete. So now, for me, it's strictly boxing. We train. And we uh, the businesses run itself and strictly boxing for me. Who awesome. who's got uh, who's got the better fashion? Is it Russell Westbrook or James Harden? There's my jump in. Uh, <laughs> that is a good question. You know, <laughs> sorry to cut I'm you off, honest, Elijah. I just had to jump in with it. That's a good question. I'm gonna be honest. With you. I don't know neither guy to have a fashion degree. So whoever they stylist is. I don't know, but uh, I would have to go um, Russell Westbrook. He, he acts, I don't know, he acts like he just don't care. He's like the dare fashion guy. So I'm going to have to go with him. There we go. I like that. Did, I, know you were, I know you had one more, Elijah. I didn't mean to jump in on you, but I'm like, okay. No, actually, I was actually, actually going to say, like, I was going to actually have you come in after he, after he got done with his last question. <laughs> That was, so that's, that's, that what, was too that's good. what I was saying. That's what I was saying. Uh, that was too good. That was too good. Um, I did want to ask a couple questions just just from listening because I'm I'm really excited about this. Um, it, it was it was nice when we myself and Elijah we we were at the the PBC press conference at the Armory, and it was it was awesome to see just the the amount of fighters from Minnesota stepping on the stage when they were telling stories and Tony Oliva came on the stage and all that and. You know, it, it truly felt like a big deal, you know, and and I asked a couple questions. I asked, you know, James a question. I asked Drew asked a question. And as as we're going through and I'm asking questions, I'm going, man, this feels like a real big deal finally. And I'm so happy that, that I can say I'm not, you know, I'm not in Vegas talking to somebody or doing this. You know, I'm sitting here with, you know, you know with my guy and we're, we're discussing boxing in a Minnesota armory. And it's something that means something. We have a PBC show that's going to be on FS1 this Friday. How does it feel to to just get on there in your second fight and rep the state of Minnesota 
on a, on a Fox broadcast. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, honestly, there's a I, I believe in manifestation, and I've been saying for a very long time that I was going to be on a big stage at a very very early in my career. I mean, that's why I took the Olympic the Olympic fight. And to be honest, all of the guys from Minnesota that's on this card have a decorated amateur background. I mean, you got to look at Vishon Owens. I mean, he was ranked number one at a point in the United States. And not only that, but, but winning ringside and winning other tournaments, USAs and things like that. And then you look at Celso, and he's a, he's another top fighter from Minnesota. You look at Jamal James. Jamal James is setting a whole new level for, for fighters like us. And then you look at me um, coming out of the amateurs with my with my pedigree and my background coming off nationals and, and fighting in the Olympic trials and, and everything like that. Not only that, but you have Marlon Sims. He's coming off a big win. He he actually won the w, w, the WBC amateur tournament as well. So and then you have Rondell. Rondell's not from Minnesota, but he's here all the time. So okay. I mean, you have like Rondell. You have all of these fighters that's the top fighters in the state and in the region, and then you have all of these fighters that's the top fighters in the country. So that's why his energy is so big, and it's here in Minnesota. I mean, it's only right. It's, it's at the Armory. The Armory has been open in 45 years and haven't had boxing in that long either. So it's only right that home native that's been putting work in for a bed for many years fights at the Armory. I mean, it's going to be a very packed show. I mean, ticket-wise, I already have like 150 people coming already. I'm pretty <laughs> sure everybody else does too. So this is a really, really big, big deal. And this is the first time that it's been so many native fighters from Minnesota fighting on this big of a broadcast. It's it's tremendous. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, we got you know myself and Elijah. We'll be there, you know, bright and early with, you know, talking to everyone. I I can't, I can't wait to actually shake your hand and, and you know chat with you face to face. I didn't get to go with them to do the for the workouts and stuff, but we still bought eight tickets ourselves, and we're getting in anyway. We're like to hell oh, with man. it. We got to bring people with us, so not only can we, you know, do our job, but then we can sit and enjoy some great boxing. I mean, this is such a fantastic thing. I'm so excited about it. You know, you mentioned all the, all the Minnesota talent, but I mean, to think we got an Edner Cherry fighting on the undercard. We got Abel Ramos in the main event. We're getting names to come fight other fighters in the state too. So it's not just like, here's our guys against a block of fighters. You know, we're bringing talent in to try to make some money on our guys. It's, it's just great. I can't wait, man. I just can't wait for this Friday. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, you excite me. I mean, I'm very, very excited. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm a little, you know, a day before a weigh-in, you know, you can barely eat and, you know, things like that. So, you know, the weigh-in tomorrow is going to be so, I mean, the energy is going to be so good and so great at the top level. I mean, this is what we honestly used to. This is what we used to, and we're going to another level with it and hitting a big stage as far as pros go. And me, I'm excited to see myself fight. I'm excited to see everybody fight. You know, I'm excited to see what I do. I'm excited to see how I show up, Jamal, and everybody. And hopefully, I'm really excited to watch Bichon fight, too. I'm really excited to watch him chop that tree down. Yeah, Um, like 6'7", dude? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've never... A a 6'7", 154-pounder? 
Yeah. yeah, that's is is this guy look like Slender Man? Like how do you how do you stay at one fifty four six seven? Like I I don't know man. myself. <laughs> I, I, Elijah told me this maybe maybe fifteen minutes before the show. I'm going okay. You know oh wow I see the fight card. I see I see you know the names. I you know I wanted to see how much Minnesota talent. And he goes that guy in the third fight is six seven. I said Are you kidding me? He's not even yeah. a welterweight. And I'm like, I, you know, I don't know. Um, he, I've seen some video on him. He looks goofy. I've seen some video on him, and he does not. He does not look like like he belongs at welterweight. <laughs> I agree. I completely agree with you. But here's the thing with him. He's very awkward. I mean, he's very, very awkward. He's eight and zero as a pro. V Shine definitely has something on his hands. Suppose say, yeah. but. My thing is, those type of guys, 6'7", 154, I mean, he must be cutting weight. Now, on the night of the fight, I wouldn't be surprised if he's 190, close to 200 pounds. God. I, at all. I just, I don't know how he can, like, be that, that tall and get himself down to 154 and have energy to fight. I, I don't, like, I don't understand how someone that... <laughs> that tall can like cut that much weight or keep himself at that weight without killing himself. He must be on that Hollywood diet, man. You know, the, know. The, the finger in the back and the, and the, 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 the upchuck, you know what I'm saying? Cause yeah, that's, he just got a he's got that bad meat, man. He, he's, he's not being bold enough, right? <laughs> you know, like, he needs that Canelo weight. Hey, Canelo. Be bold. <laughs> you know, I, I I wanted I wanted to ask you something about about the amateur stuff you brought about, but obviously with with this, with, you know, this is a huge deal, and I think a lot of people that I know, this this is getting way off the interview part. I'm just I I want to ask you as you know as, as somebody who fights, the opinion on this, you know, is this something that tarnishes? a legacy or is this something that just hurts the sport in general? I mean, what, what's the feeling coming out of your end? You know, we're three weeks away from arguably the biggest fight we could see in the whole year and just money wise and do great things for the sport of boxing. And now it's tarnished. You know what I mean? Uh, my, my opinion on that would be, it's not tarnished. I don't believe so. Here's, here's my thing. I think that from a personal standpoint, knowing boxing, I don't I, – I have the strong belief that Canelo – I don't believe that he cheated. I don't believe that he tried to. I mean, he, he, it is his culture to be over in Mexico, and that's where he likes to train. I mean, he's probably was out supporting local businesses and local stands and buying meat or whatever. I, I mean, you could just feel when somebody is cheating. I, I honestly don't think he was cheating. I don't think that it tarnishes anything. But here's what I do think. I think that Triple G and them camp. I think they they purposely tried to put that out there. I mean, think of it like this. For instance, me, right? I'm so mm-hmm. proud of boxing, and I want to be the cleanest and just always be clean and for the sport of boxing. I love boxing. would never cheat anything like that. And then you get these allegations, right? And these allegations are saying that you cheat. And that other person knows that that's like the most cringing thing that somebody could ever say about you and because you love the sport so much. 
they know for a fact that that's going to mess with you in training camp, that's going to throw you off your game, and that by the time fight time comes, they'll they'll have an upper edge on you. So the best thing that Canelo could do is pull out of the fight and let it blow over. Yeah. So now when the yeah. fight comes over the next time, he'll have camp fully in America. They'll do the test, and there won't be no excuses. So I, I honestly think that's what happened. I don't think I think that it was the public and Canelo and them put that out there. You know, I mean, and, Triple and, G and them put that out. I'll, I'll say this too, and this is something me and Elijah both kind of said is, and and this this is where I kind of I'm I'm on your side with it. And even Elijah, who, you know, isn't the biggest Canelo backer. He, you know, it's not a basher, just not his, his cup of tea necessarily. Somebody who is so Vada heavy and wants to do over-testing to prove that they're doing this, and then this happens, kind of to me as well seems like uh, it was a mishap. And, you know, people should be more mad at his nutritionist than him because that's what he's paying these people. He's paying his camp to take care of things he doesn't need to be worrying about. And then when it comes back and it happens, you know, that's, so I, I'm with you. I'm with you more. So I just wanted to, you know, throw the dangle out there and just kind of, kind of feel out what you're thinking. Um, I did, yeah, I, I did. Though, um, serious boxing question for you though. I did want to ask, and then we'll, we'll let you get going here. Cause I know it's late and we had to push it back, but you mentioned the amateur ranks and I'm curious as to, you know, we'll just say the U.S. style of amateur fighting and boxing and amount of fights. How much different is it for for this this you know like like I said, American amateurs compared to the European amateurs, where guys like the Golovkins and the Lomachenkos and the better BFs and you know Dmitry Bavol, guys like that, are doing three hundred amateur fights before they go pro. Yeah, I mean. That's how, that's how they do that, and then they're in a rush for their career. I mean, if we look at the history of it, America has better pro- professionals than amateurs by far because the amateur pedigree and, and the amateur fighting style that American fighters have are basically pro style. The amateur style that the Europeans have, they are amateur style. They throw a lot of punches, and they do so many of those things. I mean, we look at Joshua, Lemachinko, and a few other big names, but it, it hasn't been like that in a long time. I mean, we had Ricky Hatton back then, but Floyd took care of that business. Um, <laughs> Manny Pacquiao, you know, Floyd took care of that. And just, like, really, we have the best pros in history. Not the best amateurs. Uh, we don't have the best amateurs, but we have the best pros in history. This is a pro, like, this is pro-America. Over there, they make money off their amateurs. Over here, we make some of that See, that's good to know. See, and that's one of the things that, that really, like, I, I love the way you put it is their rate, you know, with, with what you said with their racing for their careers. And I 100% agree with it. You know, we see, we see Golovkin come in and steamroll people. And he's somebody we've, we've been bringing up, so I'll just stick with him. And you hear, oh, my God, 300 fights in his amateur career, and that's why he's, he's such, a, such a dominant force and looks like he can overpower these guys. But he's 32 years old, and now it's, I need every big fight I can get so I can capitalize on a six-year run as opposed to, you know, somebody like a, like a David Benavidez who's 22 and could have a 16-year run because he came up, you know. So I love that comparison. I think that's... I'm 
timestamp, Elijah. When we uh, when we crop sound bites for a future intro, we're going to have uh, have this fine gentleman saying they're racing for their careers in an intro for our show because that's no, such no. a great way to put it. I love it. I well, love it. I mean, uh, Elijah, I know I, you. I was going to say one thing. Like Vishan and I were talking about this today too. It came up about amateur careers and Americans and uh, fighters from other countries. And he was basically saying the same thing that, you know, these guys are really good, really good coming out, but their careers, you know, they, they're, they get older quicker and they don't, they're not able to sustain themselves as long, you know, because of their, because of all the amateur fights they've had. And I think it came up because we were talking about, uh, Lara and um, Lara and Heard. So yeah, so I won't I won't I won't get into that because I don't think Ryan's watched the fight yet and he hates spoilers. But um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I I just finished the the Truax uh, fight, which uh, I once again the second time in the last six months have disagreed with Don Trella, the same guy. One seventeen, one ten. Are you kidding yeah, me? It, oh my god, that was I, the I, worst. I'll just say this right now. I had the same score Don Trello did, 114-113, but I had it the other way. I thought it was 6-6, clean fight, great fight, but I thought that you take the point away. I thought that cost the Gale his, his, his rematch. But Don Trello just like giving round four not to Golovkin does an injustice here. And I'm, I, I, so I was muted because I was over here swearing, watching the TV, like, you got to be kidding me. And then I'm like, oh, my God, if I'm – I muted right. Otherwise, these guys are gonna go. What is he yelling about? So, I'm just starting the herd fight. But uh, Alex, I know, or Alex, uh, Elijah, I know you had one more thing you wanted to to drop in here with. So, uh, you know, go go I right can, ahead. I'm gonna hit this fast forward it, button. It was, it was it was it was what I just said. So, okay. I am. I'm. Yeah, good. I, I'm. I'm uh, super uh, grateful. What I will say, yep. Uh, no, what I will say is this though. One of my last things that I will say is also a lot of our fighters in Minnesota that fight, a lot of us had over 100 fights. Um, nice. Not okay. 300. Uh, a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of us have had over 100 fights. I mean, I had 150, like six or something like that. Only lost 15. So this the the fight is going to fight April 13th, Friday. It's going to be a fight. Oh, I'm telling you, don't miss the fight. It's a good fight. I uh, so, I want to thank you once again. Oh, go ahead, Elijah. Go ahead, Elijah. I was I was gonna actually ask him like you know if he had anything that he wanted to plug, like Twitter or like Facebook or any like other kind of like websites or anything that he had going on that he wanted to plug to kind of get out get out there on our show. But I think you maybe might have been on your way to doing that, so I will oh, be quiet. Yeah. Now. Oh no, hey, go ahead. No, yeah, I was like. I just, I just wanted to thank you once again. Like I said, it's I, I personally want to apologize for for the delay and you know that extra half hour we had to wait. That was that was my fault. Uh, technical side, it just something goofed up and I couldn't get it signed. So that's my bad. But yeah, as as Elijah pointed out, man, we appreciate it. You know what do you got? Twitter, Facebook. You know you got a website. Where where do I get my Poppy G T shirt that I can wear under my uh, my nice shirt when I go on on Friday to the event? So I can. I can <laughs> rip it off like the Incredible Hulk when you get in the ring and you can be like, that crazy dude down there is the guy I talked to. And I'm like, ah! Oh, you. <laughs> That's a good one. No, so at the fight, they'll have, uh, one of my sponsors, he'll have all of the shirts for people to purchase. Um, Team Poppy T-shirts, they have a lot of my other sponsors. 
you can also go to Superhuman Sportswear, and that's another one of my sponsors, and they have a link on there where you can actually purchase, like, workout uh, team property gear. Uh, I, so on my Instagram, it's Gizwalk Airs Jr. on Instagram, and it's spelled G-I-E-Z-W-A-P-I-E-R-R-E Jr., J-R. And then my Facebook is Poppy G, P-A-P-I-G. Uh, website is coming soon, and Twitter is the same thing. And, yeah, I mean, we have shirts coming. We actually have hats coming as well. We have bandanas. We have a bunch of uh, – we have a lot of units building up the career. Well, we'll uh, – I'll, I'll make sure between myself and Elijah, we'll uh, – you know, we'll 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 get you we'll get you the link link for the show for all your fans on the Facebook and Twitter, and we'll you know we'll we'll throw whatever you want out and share it, get people to to get the shirts, rock the merchandise, follow and and, and get on the Poppy G train. I'm excited, uh, Elijah. Thanks for thanks for setting this up, man. Because I, I was I was like I said an hour ago, I was not with us, and now I'm sitting here sweating in my in my living room, jacked up watching boxing almost at midnight uh, <laughs> after talking about Friday. But I can't, I, you know, once again, like not to ramble about it, I cannot wait for this. For no, this Friday is going to be amazing. It's going to be so great to finally have boxing back in Minnesota. I'm glad you're riding that train, rocking it out. Poppy G, good luck on Friday. Once again, thank you so much for coming on and giving us your time tonight. We're going to have you on again. We're going to have you on again soon and hopefully to be talking about your knockout victory so <laughs> we're gonna yeah, get him on when he's knocking out leo santa cruz in like a year yeah, we will. <laughs> and that's and that's actually that's actually one person that i do want to fight yeah yes santa cruz calling you out right now <laughs> i love santa it cruz, man i love listening? it you listening santa cruz <laughs> hey man, Carl Frotch once uh, Carl Frotch once yelled at me. So thing, thing, or, no, remember Carl Frotch when I was when I was talking oh, smack yeah. to him, and he I was like, "Why don't you show me your fat ass gut or whatever?" And I was like, "Dang, Carl Frotch is mean." That's beside <laughs> the point. <laughs> Bobby G, thanks for coming out, man. We appreciate it. We'll uh, can't wait to talk on Friday. Good luck on Friday. Thank you. I have a good night. Thank right, you, Bobby G, coming out, getting us excited for Friday, Elijah. I cannot wait. PBC, FS1, the Armory. Oh, we got some boxing. I gotta, I gotta take this this hoodie off. I gotta get a glass of water. I gotta calm down. I'm gonna hit us with Uh-oh. a break, Elijah. Get ready to watch this herd Laura fight. But before we break that down, we got a whole bunch of other stuff. Let's real quick call an audible. If you're cool with that. Yeah. Let's yeah yeah. Let's talk a little. Omaha, the, Omaha, uh, Omaha, yeah, Omaha. Yeah, exactly. If I didn't have to sc- – my screen's so small compared to the, the, the desktop screen that I, it takes me an hour to find sound clips now. But let's Omaha, as Elijah said, because that was a great way to do it. Uh, when we come back, we're going to kind of just talk some of the news that we kind of hinted out. Um, you know, get, get, I want to get Elijah's reaction from what he said about the Canelo thing. I uh, also want to talk to Javante Davis, Vasilo Machenko. Um, Elijah has some news that he got about the Terrence Crawford jo- um Jeff Horn fight uh, for ESPN in June. We're going to talk all that, kind of preview what's coming up in the next week or two as well. And then we'll close out tonight previewing the PBC on Friday and talking these Showtime fights 
from Saturday. That'll give me a little more time to watch Laura Hurd because I had to pause it because I was getting into that conversation. So we're going to break that all down. We'll be right back right after this standing eight count strong style media. Stick with it. Your late night hip hop and R&B podcast, Soda Sound Radio, hosted by Kyle Halffine Adams, every Thursday night right here on the Strong Style Media Network. Catch up on your latest on hip hop and R&B, and hear Minnesota talent at 10 p.m. Central. But if you trust us the way I feel, I won't fold from the cards that you feel. Let's journey life together and make it worthwhile. Can't take it back like diamonds. See, my life is like a movie, no rewinding. Killing mics like I got a license. Victim, I believe don't have religion. Just a higher power. Who power? I'm not so happy with it. But I take a breath. Regain my pep. Check my feet when I'm walking. See if it ain't. I've seen it all more than I care to reveal. I'm always sort of clear to air for the real. That's why I'm aiming at the grill, man. Because it's how I feel. Nobody being sincere. We need some changes for real. Again, that's Thursdays right here on the Strong Style Media Network. Thursdays at 10 p.m. Central. And if you're a musician, you want to get your music heard on the show, send the MP3 over to Soda Sound at strongstylemedia.com. Peanut. Peanut. This right here is Alpha Brain. I just drank some of this in a shake. I got to tell you right now, I couldn't be more clear. You're Clarity. 50, so I use it. I don't do anything without it. I'm addicted I, to I it. I know, but I'm 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 48, but I feel like I'm 26. I have a boner right now. But I have so much energy. Like I actually, I, I'm I'm. And I took an Alpha Brain. I never do. I I want to fight you. I want to fight you. I want to go, chin down, and I want to bang, bang. Oh. My. Hey, I'm Dr. Asking. What's up? He's been distraught ever since his friend smoked him last week in fantasy football. Now he's grabbed this post and he won't respond. He's got Luzonic plays. What is... He's a loser. He's not a loser. Okay, he's a loser. What can he do? With DraftKings, he could have easily challenged his friend to a rematch. I can't... What are you... I can't see that. You need glasses. I'm also an optometrist. At DraftKings, you can play free private contests whenever you want. Strong Style Media presents... Sportscast Radio, the one that started it all, with your host, Ryan Cook, and me, Jordan Jistra. We're going to be giving you everything, and I mean everything from baseball, football, basketball, hockey, field hockey, soccer, bobsled, basketball, survivor, and even that weird sport where they do the hurdles and jump puddles and track and field. All right, maybe not that one, but from the college to the pros and from the rings to the rink, we've got you covered. Sportscast Radio. I'm right here, boss, man. I got this, yo. I uh I dropped that on Jordan yesterday when we were we were doing sportscast. Uh, we we used slam for the NBA and nice. he just sat there so that I was like super and then wanna sound grimy because that's all I knew. 
And then yeah. for baseball, we used that John Fogarty track, Center Field. And he came in with like six bars. He was dropping it. It was hilarious. And then for the NHL, I came in with um, Black by Seven Dust. And he was like, I, I don't know this one. <laughs> that, that, dropped, that stopped him. Man, I know that Roy Jones' rap career is like a running joke. But Can't, can't Be Touched is like... The hype song, like that song, gets me hyped. The Dude, chorus. How everything came to start a fight, came to bring glory. They're 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 the body headbangers. Like what, like if I heard that, I go, what the hell is a body headbanger? By the way, Jarrett Hurd has just been hit three times in the first three and a half minutes of this fight. Um, I feel like Arizlandi <laughs> Lara has been training for the wrong sport. Uh, we're, no. we're, yeah, yeah, he's in, he's in that Team Rousey camp. Uh, we're going to talk these fights, uh, the Showtime fights, and Preview Friday uh, coming up, like I said, next segment here. I wanted to just get this fight in so I'm not sitting here like a bum on a log, not discussing it while Elijah has to break the whole thing down. Because um, that would be boring. That's not bold enough, man. That's just not bold enough. <laughs> Speaking of being bold, um, you know, Poppy G was just on, and he kind of had that sentiment that, you know, I brought to the table that, you know, we we kind of 50-50 talked about. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask you, with with hearing somebody who has hundreds of, of fights under their belt, does that do any more to help the mindset of the situation that he he really didn't cheat, and it really is his team not stepping up to the plate. I like I think it could be, and you know I was I'm not going to rule out that totally that he's not that he didn't cheat at all, but I believe I believe him. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not I'm not the biggest Canelo fan in the world, mm-hmm. and I I still. I understand things happen, and I don't blame him himself, but it's more of just his team, and maybe he needs to, like, figure out who who's a part of his team, and, you know, maybe he needs to get some get some better people in there, maybe, you know. Mm-hmm. And, but and I, I, totally, I, totally, I totally agree with what Poppy G was saying, and... I think sometimes people don't give athletes the benefit of the doubt because they put them on such a higher pedestal than the normal person. So they think that they like that they're just perfect human beings and that they can't or shouldn't make mistakes. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I guess you're right. Go ahead. You know, Oh no, I was I was yeah. just agreeing with you while okay. you're while you're going. Um, yeah, but you know you're, you're, you're right with that, and and I I you know in in like I said last well, you know last show I I I know I'm probably doing the okay this dude just a super fan type thing, but you know it's just somebody who's who demands super testing. Errol Spence sitting with Jamel Charlo looks like his little kid brother, like. He looks like the the Marty to Steve, like Steve Duggan Marty. Um, 
No, no wonder Crawford was was calling him out. He looked, anyway, but uh, you know, it's it's a guy who who demands the highest text, testing and never gets in trouble, and then out of the blue does. I know it it sounds suspect, and, and you know, and, and like you had said before, and I and I know I know there's still there's still a good part of you that still is kind of the you know this 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 shows that he knows he didn't win the other fight and it's hard to not disagree with that, you know, but I, you know, it, it's, it sucks. And I, I think the best way to, to kind of be a great medium between the way we kind of not argued, but, but discussed it last time is that people don't give the athlete, they don't give the athletes the benefit of the doubt. And that's a perfect way to put it, whether you agree or disagree that he cheated People don't give the athlete the benefit of the doubt, and I think I think that's the best point you've made in our since our discussion, um, you know, including it where it wasn't just back and forth. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and it's you know, I you know I, I always appreciate that you stick to your guns with things, and you know I try to stick to my guns with things too on it, and I think that's that is the best median is regardless, people don't give the athlete a chance to prove themselves or a chance to show that they didn't do it. You know, it's always, yep, guarantee they did it. It's, yeah. you know, it's not even the, there's a chance that maybe they didn't. It, it makes sense they did, but, you know, there's a very good factual chance that he's fine. And, you know, I, I, I didn't think too of the, you know, he, he chooses to train down there and he wants to support local businesses. Well, maybe that's not the best idea. Yeah, you know, and if you really want to support a local business and you don't want to do something stupid, here's here's an easy meeting as well for this. Go there and say, keep your meat. Here's here's five thousand dollars. Yeah, you know, go be bolder with that and get some new like seating in your restaurant. But I'm not going to touch your food. Don't eat steaks that Sylvester Stallone gives you. We know (laughs) Sylvester Stallone got popped. Oh my god, I love it! Like how um, how how ironic how ironic is that though that that commercial they made that commercial and then he gets popped for eating eating bad beef. <laughs> oh man, that's that's funny. Be bolder. Um, <laughs> I, I, so hey, Canelo. The, the the reason I wanted to segue hard to this right off the bat. Triple G does management have had no luck getting a replacement for May 5th um, since since Canelo pulled out of the fight. Earlier on Wednesday, uh, earlier today, Golden Boy Promotion President uh, De La Hoya revealed that his fighter Gary O'Sullivan pulled out of the May 5th fight with Golovkin due to the time not being sufficient to prepare for the fight and the most not enough. Uh, now here's what's interesting, and this is, this is something I wanted to get your input on. Gary O'Sullivan, though, is going to fight May 4th, the day before the fight, on the, EBC, on the ESPN uh, show, and he's fighting on the undercard at the StubHub Center. He's taking on, you know, King Rye, Ryan Garcia, you know, my prospect of the year. I think yours, too, last year. Um, Mine was actually uh, Regis Prograis, but... Yes, yes, you had Prograis, I guess. But, Gar- but Garcia's, Garcia definitely is well-deserving. That was not a bad pick at all. Um, this is my thoughts. Spike Sullivan just dismantled a top prospect in his last fight. Um, 
So, and it's a Golden Boy guy. So I mean, Oscar De La Hoya is kind of keeping it in house. Um, but if you're if you're Spike O'Sullivan, would you want to pretty much be Triple G's sacrificial lamb <laughs> on like short notice? Here's and I'm I'm so glad this is this is why we got ESPN between the two of us or what is it ESP? I think it's just because I saw ESPN. I'm thinking ESPN. I'm gonna counter. I'm going to see your uh, knight to rook four, and I'm going to take my bishop, and I'm going to block, as they say on searching for Bobby Fisher. Is it De La Hoya, as you said, keeping it in house that's making this happen? and not O'Sullivan making this happen. Is this him keeping it in-house, fighting Ryan Garcia, and not getting a bigger payday against Golovkin when Gary, uh, Gary O'Sullivan never said he didn't want to take the fight? That's my question for you, and I'm so glad you gave me that because I had this thing volley ready to tee up and go counter for counter. Uh I think, I think it could be. I think question. it's either one. That's kind of why I said both because I think it could be either mm-hmm. one. Yep. Yep. Because it, it makes sense for De La Hoya, and I mean, I like. Remember, someone was excited want, for this fight. Yeah, but does does, but it just surprised me. Does De La Hoya like want his one of his big prospects to possibly lose to a journeyman fighter like? Michael Sullivan, who has proven that's that scary. He, that's proven so that he can true. beat prospects. You know, you know what's scary about that too is it makes me think that De La Hoya is thinking that because of O'Sullivan getting that getting that win that he got, that if he throws Ryan Garcia in there, and Garcia has been so so impactful in every fight he's had, this this would be a huge win for Ryan Garcia. 13 and all, 13 knockouts. I mean, he's doing it in round one. If he knocks out yeah. Gary O'Sullivan, what does that do for Garcia? Oh, is it that, probably skyrocketed. But is that hindering De La Hoya's judgment? Because you said it yourself. Gary O'Sullivan's a guy who he ain't scared of nobody. He's going to go in there and he's going to beat your best guy because he did it already. Maybe, is this maybe, De La Hoya uh, De La... trying to piggyback? off of the, the amount of noise that O'Sullivan was getting to fight Golovkin. Maybe De La Hoya is going to make sure that O'Sullivan doesn't win. Oh, no! He's going to bring in, uh, what's her name? Adelaide Bird. <laughs> yeah, he's going he's, he's gonna to call for the righty. He's going to his bullpen. That's <laughs> terrible. Because this, oh this, this screams of a fight. This O'Sullivan Garcia fight, the screams of a fight that a prospect like doesn't have his best fight and probably should lose his, but somehow gets the decision. Oh my god, it's crazy. Um, it says, you know, it, it, Boxing News 24 dropped this article saying, uh, having Ryan Garcia and O'Sullivan fighting at the Stubhub Center a day before Golovkin fights on May 5th might not be a good thing for either of those two fighters. Boxing, boxing fans are probably not going to be able to purchase tickets for both. 
Garcia, 19, might not even pan out as a fighter, but right now he has a large following in Southern California, despite the fact he's just a prospect and he can't be counted, uh, counted on to beat guys like Miguel Burchelt or any other of the world champions in the division. Uh, ticket sales for the Glovekin fight might be impacted by the Garcia fight taking a place day before his card on May 4th. You have to wonder if this move of O'Sullivan to pull out of the Glovekin fight was more of a golden boy decision rather than his own because he has said he's wanted to fight him. O'Sullivan was excited about taking the fight. For O'Sullivan to suddenly pull out with the excuse that the fight was too short notice and not enough money doesn't sound like something that he would do. I, I think they're right. Yeah, that, that sounds that sounds about that sounds pretty right to me. I mean, I guess it it kind of throws my like sacrificial lamb uh, take off to the side, but. I like I was thinking, you know, it probably could be a combination of both, but it's probably looking more like that. It's just Golden Boy making some making some money for themselves. Um, this this picks up a little more here. Uh, originally, O'Sullivan, 33, was going to face Golovkin on HBO pay-per-view on May 5th, but that was before Triple G's promoter Tom Loeffler pulled the fight off of pay-per-view. So now it is Ooh. just an HBO show. Golovkin O'Sullivan was not a big enough fight to stage on HBO pay-per-view. Indeed, a few boxing fans are shedding a tear today with the news of O'Sullivan pulling out of the Golovkin fight because the fans didn't want to see that mismatch, even on regular HBO. O'Sullivan and Golden Boy might wind up sorry they pulled out of the fight because there's a chance he'll never get a world title shot in his career unless it's one of the Golden Boy fighters. We then, though, find out Golovkin's management is in negotiation with a much better fighter than O'Sullivan in finally getting it set up with Sergei Derevyanchenko, who we both said we would love to rather see. Yes. So that's a positive, uh, according yes. to Lance Pugmire. However, they haven't made a deal yet with promoter Ludabella. If Golovkin has to give up the May 5th date, he could be forced to wait until August or September before he fights again, and that would be against Saul Canelo Alvarez. So, instead of just Canelo being hurt by his likely six-month suspension he's expected to receive from the Nevada State Athletic Commission at his hearing on April 18th, Golovkin would be hurt as well, and he didn't even do anything. Golovkin can certainly schedule a fight for June or July against someone like WBO middleweight champion Billy Joe Saunders or one of the contenders, but he would be jeopardizing the September rematch with Canelo. Golovkin would be taking a risk by fighting anyone in June or July because if he suffered a cut or some other type of injury, then he wouldn't be able to fight Canelo in September on Mexican Independence Day holiday for the big money. So far, four fighters have now been ruled out for Golovkin's May 5th date, and they are as follows. Gary O'Sullivan, Demetrius Andrade, Jamie Munguya, yes, yes, and... Now officially ruled out that apparently has been talked to since last time we were on air. Baines Marty Rosen. I didn't I, even know about Baines. I didn't either. I don't. I don't know if that's a fight he should take this quick. Uh, moving through with man. that, man. I was just uh, about. To, I'm just. I was just about to say. This sounds crazy, but is this all? Is this Canelo? I'm doing this in the air quotations, failing these tests, all a part of Golden Boy's master plan to like push the fight out further as Golovkin gets older and more, and to make Golovkin get older and more rustier for the next fight. 
Look, man, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this is why I'm glad we do the show together, is because this is where your speculation gets to come into play. And no matter what, what anybody says, and this is the beauty of it, we heard somebody who's fighting on a PBC card say, it's bull crap, he didn't do anything. And you've already come up with a great, like, Twilight Zone-style story that only Vince McMahon would book, and I 100% have an agreement that I could believe this is a real thing. Like, that's the beauty of this. It's, it's not far-fetched. It is not far-fetched to say that, that, that Golden Boy is just going, hey, we know what we're doing. I, it's, dude, it's not crazy. It is 100% not crazy. And I know as much as, you know, and, and I'm going to say this, and this is not to knock anything our, our great guest gave us, Unfortunately, this is, the, this is the shit in boxing right now that ruins the sport. And I know he said this doesn't tarnish the sport with this thing, but what does tarnish the sport is these promoters and the way that they continue to manipulate these dates and these fights and, the, and, and you know, just everything. It's, it's like you're watching one of those movies where, like, you, you're trying to escape and then all of a sudden you, you go and you finally make it to you know, the police or whatever, and they're being paid by the same guy. And you're like, oh, my God, I can't get out of this. That's what this is. And you're not wrong. Everything you said, there's, there's, there is a chance, be it a small one or not, that you're not wrong. No, and I'm and half joking. You know, I'm not like, I'm not totally, No, I don't want but, people but, to think I'm some kind of like conspiracy theory hack, hack and like, that I think that. realize. That this isn't a conspiracy theory hack. This is legit. They could do this crap. You know what I mean? Look, yeah. I'll, I'll go back to something that I that I said two or three months before it happened. And once it happened, everyone looked at me and went, "Damn, that really did happen." I'm mad you were right about this. Connor and Floyd took a hundred bucks from America every home. And then they they put up pictures of each other and laughed about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It, it, look at how much. Look at how many people they got. You had, you had. They they had the the, the crazy Irish people all excited after the Mayweather's running around. You had you had people saying. You know, Floyd Mayweather is going to crush this dude because he just runs his mouth. You had people saying Conor McGregor is, is intense enough he's going to knock him out. You had the Floyd, the Floyd fans going, this, this, this dude's a, a no-talent racist hack that's going to get smoked. You had the, I mean, I can go back and forth with, with what these guys were doing and saying and, and getting, getting rowdy fans to do. And then at the end, they were hugging and smiling. I don't, I don't need anyone to tell me that that was a good sport. That's them, you know. They're thinking uh, that that ha 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 that Tony Yayo song with Fifty Cent, out straight <laughs> to the bank. Ha 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 ha. I just did the mouth <laughs> thing that Yayo used to do. And you know what? And I don't care anyone. I don't care anybody tells me. That is them going. All right, how high? You know, you want to tune it to a ten tonight, and you want to go to an eight. Let's keep it at an eight. Let's let's take the ten in New York tomorrow. Okay, great. Because look at what they did. And look at them laughing when it was over. Well, and I mean, look at what look Connor's latest antics right now kind of show me that he just wants out of the UFC. And that it, once he gets it, out of the UFC, 
he's going to be the newest member of TMT. Oh, my God. Those two dudes, Floyd and Connor, are going to be at press conferences lighting cigars with $100 bills laughing at their opponent. <laughs> it's, dude, it's, it's, and it's literally things like that are why to not, not, not keep overplaying this. Don't, don't sell yourself short as, a, as say you're a conspiracy theorist or not wanting people to say that because this ain't a conspiracy, bro. We've seen this happen. What what have I been saying for the last three months about Eddie frickin' Hearn and what he's doing with Anthony Joshua? What have I been saying about Bob Arum, what he's doing with Terrence Crawford? It well, keeps happening. Uh, did you see that last, like on the fights last night, um, Jim Gray was like mentioning when he like when he was talking to Mike Tyson, he like brought up like, well, ho- well, there's. Wilder and Joshua is supposed to happen now. Who do you think is going to win? So hopefully that means that they're pushing to make the Wilder Joshua fight. I hope, man, because it's you know it. I think Joshua is being put in the same situation Canelo was with De La Hoya about the Canelo fight, where yeah. you have Golovkin. You know, I I look at Canelo Golovkin as Wilder. I'm I'm yeah. knocking everyone out. I'm saying everything right. I'm doing what I'm supposed to, do. and then you get Joshua in the Canelo route. That whether I say it or not, my promoter's not setting it up. Yeah. And no, and more. that goes to the boxing thing, and and you know not even not even to try to go as far with it, but when I mentioned Terrence Crawford, it's not necessarily the same boat as the Terrence Crawford thing, but it's he's hurting Terrence Crawford. Instead of letting him and Pacquiao fight each other, he's putting Crawford on pay-per-view and telling him you're gonna you're gonna make a lot of money on pay-per-view. You're gonna sell a lot of tickets on pay-per-view. You're gonna get a lot of buys on pay-per-view because I'm gonna have you the most stacked undercard ever, Terrence. I'm gonna give you Manny Pacquiao on your undercard, and. I'll tell you what, you know, this this might not be true. This is here's my conspiracy. But if I'm Terrence Crawford, I go, dude, that dude's that dude would outsell me three times fold. I get to showcase my skill and this guy's gonna make me a lot of money being on my undercard. Thanks for taking care of me, Bob. And Bob goes, Oh, one thing I didn't ask him though. Like that's literally what this is. This is this this happens in every camp. We just and, and this is three camps we just talked about. You've eliminated three of the biggest camps, and I don't even want to talk about Bob or uh, uh, Al Heyman. We don't even talk about him anymore. Oh, it's I'm, a trip, it's, man. It's, it's a trip. It's, it's frustrating, trip. and you know, once again, I'll say I'll say this one last time. I don't mean to rant with this, but you bring up such a valid point that no, people don't need to apologize or or think that you're not doing it. You don't need to apologize to nobody. Or, you know, people don't need to think anything because you're speaking the truth, bro. It's the sad damn truth. And yeah, it's frustrating. It's, it, this hinders the sport. Um, last thing I saw, 2012 Brazilian Olympian Yamaguchi Falcao is now an option for Triple G on May 5th. Belcao? Uh, Falcao, like Radamal Falcao, the soccer player. Falco? Amadeus, <laughs> yeah. Amadeus. Uh, Amadeus. <laughs> oh, 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 Amadeus. <laughs> oh, never heard uh, of that David guy. fighting on June 16th on Quebec. To be announced. 
Yep, to be announced. Um, also, the Linares Lomachenko undercard for May 12th. Looks like it's out. Uh, Carlos uh, Caballo Bronco Adames will be making his top-ranked debut against Alejandro Barrera. We get another fight. Time to be excited, Elijah. Aban Laranaga, 10-1, two knockouts, is going in there to take on unbeaten 6-0, five-knockout Irish sensation Michael Conlon. We get another Conlon fight quickly. Yeah, that that'll exciting? be nice. Yeah, I like Conlon. He's a, he's a, he looks to be pretty uh, pretty skilled and pretty exciting. So I'm definitely I'm definitely gonna check that out. That's going to be once again on the Lomachenko uh, Lenares undercard at Madison Square Garden. That Man, I like, like that the Lomachenko Lenares fight is so intriguing to me on paper because I love watching both of these guys fight, but I think. Lomachenko's going to blow him out. And, and you know what? That That's that's such a testament to Jorge Linares is such a great fighter, but, you know, I I loved it when we heard, uh, you know, we heard Mr. Pierre bring it up. He watches and, and styles off of Lomachenko. That was one of his people. Lomachenko is yeah. just on a different level. I mean, yeah. he's just, you know, for for all the pro wrestling heads we have that that you know jump in here because they listen to everything else because of WrestleCast, you know Lomachenko is your is your uh, Kazuchika Okada's right now. He's just on another level, and, and you just can't you just can't do anything about it. I was gonna go like, more Bone Soldier. <laughs> oh man, that's it's more Bone uh, Soldier's. Bone Soldier's the greatest wrestler in the world. <laughs> I was Bone Soldier is like the Julio Cesar Chavez of the boxing world. <laughs> trash, straight trash. Um, this this just uh, dropping Scott Guilford, uh, Scott Guilfoyd, shout out. Thanks for the article. Um, Eddie Hearn is apparently offering jo- uh, Deontay Wilder a twelve point five million take it or leave it fi- uh, offer for Anthony Joshua. Uh, come on, Eddie Hearn. Like, you know, like you know that if he's gonna if he's gonna cap Wilder's earnings for the fight, Wilder's gonna say "fuck you." Excuse my language. But Wilder <laughs> no, but like, he's gonna... <laughs> I love it. Late night, baby. We're late night. Like seriously, come on, don't do this. <laughs> Once again. It's it's just what we talked about. Um, Scott, Scott Gilford writes, it doesn't look like the fans are going to see a unification bout between Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder now in 2018. Joshua's promoter Eddie Hearn has given Wilder's manager Al Heyman a $12.5 million, take it or leave it offer for a fight. And if they don't accept it, they'll then move on to face uh, mandatory challenger Alexander Povetkin in the next fight. And then yeah. after that, Jarrell Big Baby Miller. So if Wilder Yay. doesn't take this fight, He's moving on to fight Povetkin and then Miller. He's Dude. he's literally said he's going to take two fights then next. Dude, I'm not even the biggest Wilder fan, and the dude de- deserves no less than like a uh, forty forty five like fifty split. Like yeah, so so get this now. You mentioned forty five fifty five. Check this out. The revenue gener- generated for the Joshua Wilder fight could be as high as eighty million from pay per view gate and other revenue streams. As such, if Wilder accepts a twelve point five flat fee without sharing the loop from the gate, 
pay-per-view or other sources of green stuff, Joshua could walk away potentially with $67.5 million in compensation to Deontay's small, a much smaller fight purse. That's just, that's like, that's making a guy an offer knowing he's not going to take it. Now, when, when I mentioned the, the Eddie Hearn hate that I have, <laughs> get ready for this, Elijah. I, I just want you to be ready for what I'm going to say to you. Because this, 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 this bitch, that hoe, <laughs> Eddie Hearn says that he would try and restart negotiation with Wilder in 2019 at some point. You would have to assume that Hearn will make a similar offer at the time, which would let Wilder know that he's going to keep getting put off for a year at a time until he finally agrees to a 20% first offer for the fight. 20% is the equivalent of the $12.5 million to the 67. The thing is, WBO heavyweight champion Joseph Parker was given a 33% purse split for the Joshua fight in March. For some reason, Hearn is offering Wilder less at 20%. Is it because Hearn believes Deontay brings less to the table financially than Wilder? Or is he scared for Anthony Joshua as his fighter? He, Dude, he's offering Wilder 13 less percent than Joseph Parker got, who's less of a name, won't draw as much money. <laughs> what, I'm so what mad this? right now. That's why I said I hope you're ready for this because this these are these I, I didn't I didn't prep any of my day articles that I usually have for the show tonight because I didn't want to see any spoilers. You know, you mentioned how I hate the spoilers. Um yeah. being I was I was where I was, I was like, Okay, um I know we're far enough now as it's technically Thursday that new stuff has dropped today and as long as I don't go past page one. Yeah. Eddie Hearn is offering thirty he's offering an eighty twenty when it was 66-33 for Joseph Parker to Deontay Wilder. Is, is, is this literally the epitome of Deontay Wilder? This is me right now. I'm going to... I'm going to... I, I'm going to I'm say so, something. Like, I'm so annoyed right now. <laughs> I, I'm going to say this to you, and it's it's. I kind of know what you're going to say, so, uh, you know, I'm I'm I'm, ex- I'm excited for your explanation, but I, I, I think I know where you're going to go on this, but I want to ask you anyway. Do you think deep down that that her and Joshua camp? is now officially a little nervous after knocking out King Kong that Deontay Wilder maybe as awkward as he is, is more of a threat than they thought. Um, you know, you know, I'm a Deontay guy. I got to back the man up yeah. with the Vegas. So I'm just, I got, I got to rep, I got to rep bomb squad and just ask the question, but this is starting to I get think a little maybe, I think, I think maybe Hearn might be. I don't know. Like, I don't think Joshua is, but I think I think Hearn, Hearn might be. I mean, who doesn't want to lose their like undefeated fighter, who's probably like one of the biggest like athletes in Europe? You know what I mean? Like, lose his mm-hmm. undefeated status and lose like the 
earning potential that Joshua could have if he stays undefeated. I think Hearn I think Hearn might be a little scared, but I think Hearn should have more faith in his fighter because to me Joshua is the better fighter and mm-hmm. like Don't if you disagree. look at the if you look at the the King Kong fight, King Kong just ran out of gas. Mm-hmm. You know, he was <laughs> he was the better fighter for most of that fight. And he just ran out of gas, and I don't think I don't think Joshua would run out of gas against Wilder. So no, that's my opinion. I, but I do, but I, but I do agree that Hearn probably is a little apprehensive to put Joshua in there because there is a chance that Joshua could get knocked out. And and that's the you know, in, in two things I'll say real quick. One is we saw in the in the Ortiz Wilder fight that Wilder he's got a reserve tank that I didn't know he had. Because yeah. that dude is like that. Okay, well, you know, kudos to you, Mister Deontay Wilder. I have to step back as much as I'm a fan. I didn't realize you had the cardio. You know, I use the Google. You have the cardio because you pulled out the Nas like it was Fast and the Furious at the end of the race, and just bomb squad came out on him. So, well, he can knock. He that. can knock anyone out. He can knock anyone out at any time. I mean, honestly, like I said, I'm not like. <laughs> His, I'm not his biggest fan, but mm-hmm. the dude's dangerous, and <laughs> he, he could be getting do- he could he could be getting dominated, and he could knock you out at any time if he hits you with the right punch. So oh my, it's it's dangerous. It's I mean I mean we saw um uh, I don't know I can't, I can't remember his name the the big ball dude that he that he hit and the dude like literally died for like half a second. <laughs> On the canvas, like it was disgusting. Like, is is you know not you know not not just keep riding it and touching it, but I do I do want to bring up the second point, where with with Hearn kind of probably being a little reserved. If you're Anthony Joshua, don't you have enough power to say, like, if you really want this fight, if you you know if if AJ really wants this fight. Why doesn't he go up to Eddie Hearn and say, "Look, bro, make the fight happen." I, you know, I'm, I make more money than everybody in in this weight class, and it's and it's a proven fact. Give him, give him sixty forty, and let's make the fight happen. Why do we not hear Anthony Joshua being more apprehensive and taking control and telling him to make this fight happen? That's what makes me wonder if I, I'm not saying he he truly does, but I just wonder if somewhere in the back of his mind, Joshua's got a little more reservation. Because why fighters is he not... just don't fighters just don't do that though? I mean, look but at Canelo Ken... did it with Golovkin. That's my point. Canelo said, I... "Look, man, I'm sick of getting criticized by my home country. I'm sick of being criticized by my fans." And they made that split like fifty-five forty-five, I think, for that fight when when De La Hoya was not offering more than like sixty-five thirty-five, and they wanted fifty-fifty. And Canelo said, "Do it. We have to do it." And he he literally went in there with his team and said, let's go 55-45. I don't care about the money. I need my I country that, to like I did, me. I didn't I did, I know Canelo did that, honestly. And, and, so. and, and it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things where people, you know, people talk and people say things. We don't know what's true, what's not true. But just hearing at least, at least hearing rumblings that he said, they, you know, Oscar, Bob Aaron was screwing you and not letting you take the fights. Don't do that to me. My country's turning on me. And they made the fight yeah. happen. Like yeah. that's the only thing I'm asking. I'm not. Uh, shout out to uh, I think I think Jermel Charlo and Earl Spence are hanging out with Devon Dudley and the dude from Get Out. 
<laughs> Did you notice that in the crowd? I don't think it's really Devon Dudley, but I really think it's that David Kaiua. I saw them in the crowd, but I didn't really see who was around them. <laughs> man, they got they got an entourage there. Floyd's there, man. They got everyone there for this fight. That's what's up. Yeah. Um, but I just it it just makes me wonder why if Joshua really want really wants this fight, and he's that. I mean, Dillian White is not the freaking cash cow for Eddie Hearn. I just no. I'm not saying he's scared of him, but I wish if he really wanted the fight, he would he would go in there and try to make it happen. You know what I mean? If, yeah, if he goes in there and demands it, why, what is Eddie Hearn going to do? If you're Eddie Hearn and Joshua comes, you know, if, if there was no Eddie Hearn, there was only an Elijah McNeil, and you offered Wilder 80-20, which is laughable because it's less than Joseph Parker, and AJ comes to you and says, look, dude, make it 60-40. I want this fight. I want to prove I'm the best. Are you going to really tell your guy No. And if you tell him no, are you going to really risk risk him wanting to prove it elsewhere? No. And it's so, it I mean, sucks trying to break that down that way. But I mean, you know, when it's all said and done, man, sometimes sometimes we got to break these down and look at them that way. And I hate yeah. doing that, but it's, I mean, it's it's true. If it, it's really true, if if this is something both guys want, this shouldn't be that hard. We've seen fighters finally defeat their promoters and make this happen. The yeah. fact that the fact that they're saying if he won't take an eighty twenty, then we're gonna fight Povetkin and then Big Baby and then we'll discuss fighting you again, that just smells like shit to me. Yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with you. And it and it's it's the you know, it's what I said with the Crawford Aram thing. It just pisses me off, man. Because I'm, I, I'm, yeah, I'm obviously team, team bomb squad, but I, but I'd be the first to admit with you, you know, I think Joshua is the better fighter. I'll openly admit that. I, have, I have no shame in saying that, but I want to see the fight happen because I want to see if my dude can win. Yeah. You know, and you know, I don't, I, if he goes and fights Dillian, look, I'm going to say this, and, and I never wanted to say this to you, but I think it's hilarious after what we just heard that it, it's kind of one of those things where settlements are going to, settlements are going to start happening. And it's not fair to Joshua because of Eddie Hearn, but you know, Mr. Mr. Jordan Jiskra sportscast radio, the man who said that Ortiz was going to get killed and obviously didn't watch enough of King Kong to know how good King Kong was. He, he said he, he wants to see uh, Deontay Wilder knock out Dillian White in two rounds, even though he said he's going to beat uh, Dillian White in the first round. And when they ask him, how come you didn't finish him in the first? Why did you need two? As he says, oh, I wanted to save the first for Joshua. And that's like the big, oh, leading into the Joshua you know, Wilder fight. Like He just starts running his mouth at that camp because they don't want to see Dillian White fight Wilder. Nobody wants no. to see... Big baby Jarrell Miller, who I don't think is that good to begin with, fight. Like I, I'll tell you this, I'm I'm at least a little intrigued to see Povetkin fight with Joshua, but I don't care about Big Baby. I don't care about Dillian White. It's it's. I don't even care about Povetkin. No, I don't care about none of guys. If if it's not going to get us Joshua Wilder when it's all said and done, you're right. I'm wrong. I don't care either. Screw what I just said. Give yeah. us this fight, Eddie Hearn. Shelly Finkel's going to turn laces out on your ass, man. 
<laughs> Finkel is Finkel is Han. Finkel is Han. Uh, last thing I had, and then I wanted you to bring out the Terrence Crawford thing before we go to break. Uh, Floyd Mayweather says he is willing to let Javante Davis fight Vasil Lomachenko. Is this a bad idea? Yes. <laughs> is this Floyd putting too much hope into his cash cow that maybe really isn't a cash cow? <laughs> I mean, I don't like. I think Floyd. Did he go elsewhere with like, Davis? Probably, if he wants his fighter to win. But I think he's looking at it like maybe, maybe I've already maxed Davis out, so I might as well get him a get him a huge fight, you know, now versus waiting until he like looks lackluster again in another fight, and then he really doesn't have a chance to fight Lomachenko. You know what I mean? Because yep. his last fight was kind of eh. You know, and he's and he he didn't make weight, did he? No, remember when he won, he was like, "Ah, oh, praise God, praise God for everything he's done for me." Then I whooped that dude's ass. He's a bitch, and he just I was like, "Whoa!" You know, yeah. is this doctor? Did you just spin your head around like that He-Man character? And you got two two people talking maybe, here. Yeah, maybe Floyd seeing uh seeing that. You know, he might have might be kind of getting or Davis might be kind of hitting his peak now. So, I, I understand it. Boots? Yeah, you're getting way too big for your boots. <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 <laughs> That's what I wanted. But, but I, I, think, I think he maybe is like, okay, this is probably the best that Davis might be getting, so might as well see what he's got against the best and hope for the best. Do you think if uh, Lomo knocks him out in the first round and looks at Floyd and gives him a DX crotch shot that people are going to start going, Floyd, will you come back to fight Lomachenko? <laughs> yes. Because everyone, everyone wants Floyd to come back and fight everybody. Yeah, no. It's, dude, it, Jim Gray, I saw the interview with Floyd Mayweather. He says, what about for boxing? He said, I will never box again. Stop asking me. Yep. Hey, you like, know if, I fight again, if I fight again, it'll be in a boxing match in an MMA octagon. Yeah, like, you know, and, and how god-awful are those rules that were rumored? Like, no kicks, no choke, like, no submissions, just strikes and maybe a little clinching. Like, that doesn't do nothing. You're just, now you're putting your, you know, obviously before he started throwing dollies through windows, but if I, if I would have, one of, uh, what the hell is that ball? Dana White's dudes? I say, hey, man, you're not helping your guy win in your sport. He's just going to go in there and lose if it's just a boxing match again. I don't care how small the gloves are. You know, yeah. you, you you better hope that he can sneak that uppercut in there in, in less time because they got five rounds as opposed to 12. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand less gloves gives him a better shot, but I – Oh, Laura got dropped in the twelfth. That was sick. Um, I I'll tell you flat out, man. I still think there's a decent chance that Floyd would would still win that fight with limited rules. Oh God, it, it would be like pretty much a striking match without kicks, and we all know that Floyd's got better hands than Connor. Now, so. if Jared Hurd just literally did the the punch out from Nintendo, uh, right cross, right jabs without like any anime. He looked like a rock'em sock'em robot just moving his arm forward. Uh, yeah. But uh, I'll, I'll say this: like, 
you know, if if Connor can clinch him and throw some elbows and forearms in the clinch, okay, then you know, then maybe he gets him. But if you're just doing a striking match, you didn't learn anything from the first time. Yeah, stupidest ass thing I've ever heard in my life. Like way yep. to hinder your guy. Like I, I don't know. That's why I hope that was never a thing. And if it was, I'm glad. Maybe Connor was so mad about that rumor he threw the dolly at Habib Nurmagomedov. But, yeah, uh, maybe. Um, the other thing I wanted to, the last thing I had wanted to touch on was you. You mentioned uh, that you broke with me. Terrence Crawford is moving to a paid service on ESPN. Different fight. How is this all gonna work? So essentially, the Jeff Horn um, Crawford fight's gonna land on this. ESPN Plus app. It's like a streaming site, and they're going to do a lot of their fights now on this ESPN Plus app. Um, it's going to be like four ninety nine a month, and they're going to do um, like the top rank cards on this thing monthly. And um, I also believe that there's going to be like they're going to have like cla- like older fights too on there to okay. watch and stuff, like on demand. So, like, it looks like here they're going to have, like, fights from the old, like, ESPN library, like, in top rank, like, Ali versus Frazier, like, 1-3, to three, Ali versus Foreman, Duran, or Leonard versus Duran, 1-3, to three, Hagler, Hearns, Mayweather-Pacquiao. So, like, it's going to be almost like the WWE app. But oh, that's cool. Yes, but, but, like, ESPN boxing, if that makes sense. That's what you think. Yeah. You think the four ninety nine will be worth it? Definitely, because I mean, you get you're getting like all the you're getting the the ESPN like cards, like the the recent the new fight, like every all the new fights, and you're getting all the old like ESPN and like top rank like classic fights too. So, I'm excited. I'll have to check that out when it comes. Uh, real quick before we go to break, there we. I wouldn't be as excited. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be as excited for it. If it was like ten dollars, but I think four ninety nine is a good price point. Yeah, I mean that's that's you know a year subscription is the price of a video game. That's not a bad thing at all. Um, <laughs> I shout out to the Timberwolves who almost choked away their playoffs today. Um, oh man, I was going to mention something about that. Like we have we even though we're a boxing show, we're based <laughs> out of Minnesota, so we have to like say the Timberwolves made made the playoffs tonight in the first time in like fourteen years. It was. Um, we had a big old lead, and then we forgot what uh, what Nikola Jokic really is, and he started just dominating. Well, and we don't. Towns doesn't get touches in the fourth quarter either for some odd reason. I I will say, um, shout out to Jimmy Butler, and shout out to Taj Gibson. Those two dudes balled out and showed why we signed them in free agency. Taj Gibson came over and started. He started locking down Jokic, which was dope to see. Because, yeah. I mean, you, you know, not, I love Towns, and I'm glad he's on our team. But Jokic was, was at the buffet line for a minute there with him. And, yeah. dude, Dodge Gibson came in and said, let me show you why I'm a vet. You know, I'm, he was smoking on that wet cigarette. I'll give him that. <laughs> and, you know, Jimmy Bucket's showing that he is an MVP candidate if he didn't get hurt. But, dude, Jeff he yoking some threes. My God, he was shooting the lights out. So, you you, you know, you look at the start of the offseason to the last game of the regular season, as much as there was turmoil and everything, Taj Gibson, Jeff Teague, 
and Jimmy Butler, the three the three acquisitions were the guys that won that game in the fourth quarter for us. So as much as everyone wants to bitch about the team and hope we miss the playoffs so we get a lottery pick that won't even be worth a damn because we'll have a half a percent to get out of the 14th pick, the three guys that everyone criticized that we brought in, one got us in the playoffs at the end of that game. You know, so when it's all said and done, they did their job. Um, I don't know what's going to happen against, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean, against uh, Houston. That might suck, but yeah. at least we did it, right? Yeah, we we made it. <laughs> we can so, only go up from here now. Exactly. So for all you people like that, what's that dude's name, Chris Emerson? And what's that that Benny dude on that web? I already left that group, by the way. You re-invited me to, so that's why I'm just calling people out because I don't give a damn. But shout out <laughs> to them cats who who are just trashing Teague and Gibson and and Butler and Thibodeau and the Timberwolves and wanting to lose. We're in the playoffs, and those guys took us there, and you hated them, and y'all are scrubs, and that's why you're on a message board. And we're on the radio. I'm gonna hit you with this quick soundbite button. That's my rant for the evening. That wasn't box related. Once again, this Friday, PBC FS1 at the Armory. This man representing the Great White North is coming up, headlining this show. And we have a very special get-to-know from Mr. Nick Hagberg himself. Hagberg, take us out. We'll be right back after this to preview Friday's card. What's up, everyone? Tonight, we have a very special get to know him. He's a highly touted fighter born and raised in South Minneapolis and is currently the fourth-ranked welterweight in the world by the World Boxing Association. Time for us to get to know Jamal James. So next Friday, for the first time in 45 years, James will help bring boxing back to the historic Minneapolis Armory. And the return does not come without anticipation as Jamal James is coming off of a huge knockout win over Diego Chavez last December. Boxing fans know Chavez is a talented pound-for-pound fighter in his own right, but three rounds is all it took. Next up for Jamal is Abel Ramos with a record of 18-2-2. He'll have his hands full on April 13th against James in his 22-1 record. Like I said before, boxing is back in downtown Minneapolis, and you're not going to want to miss it. So be sure to catch the fight this Friday on FS1. Missing out on an awesome show sucks. SeatGeek is an app that lets you track your favorite artists and notifies you when they announce new shows nearby. You can even connect your favorite music services so that you never miss out again. SeatGeek, the smart way to buy tickets. Fan of pro wrestling like we are? Yeah. We got you covered. Yeah. From WWE, New Japan, Ring of Honor, Impact, Lucha Underground, All Japan, and more. We're talking the highs and lows in pro wrestling. Heck, we're even giving you people from the Okadas and Omega. We're even talking the Bone Soldiers and Enzo Amoris. Sorry, Daniel. We'll stick to guys like this. Ryan Cook here, and you can check me out along with my co-host Alex Mello each Monday night, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the Strong Style Media Network. Okay, I'm going to get that jersey for Steven. 
Oh, that Michigan sweatshirt is perfect for Susie. Ryan is going to love this hat. Fanatics.com has great gifts for all the sports fans in your life. Go to Fanatics.com right now and get free shipping and up to 10% cash back on absolutely everything. Every sport, every team. Fanatics.com, where sports fans shop. Calling all fight fans worldwide. My name is Elijah McNeil. And I'm one half of the best boxing podcast on the net. The one and only Standing Eight Count Radio. Do you like hard-hitting commentary, analysis, and banter? Tune in on Sundays at 10 p.m. with my co-host, Ryan the Technical Legend Cook, and I break it down. That's Standing Eight Count Radio, 10 p.m. Sundays, Strong Style Media. Alexa, call Ashley. Yeah, it's about time you call that girl. No, no, no. He just talked to that girl two hours ago. You got to let love marinate. Put love in that bag to marinate. Mmm, love going to be in that bag like, mm, I can't wait to talk to him tomorrow. What? And then after it marinates, no, you're going to pull it out. Jamie, who's Alexa? Say it. Say it, Jamie. You Alexa. That's right. I'm Alexa. Thanks, guys. But I'll take it from here. Pharaoh's a bitch you like starter, hit harder than four green. Authentic, Nike, Adidas, and Sporting. The minute behind the back like making a morphine from an intricate ways to shake your whole team. Official, starter, hit harder than four green. No authentic, Nike, Adidas, and Sporting. The minute behind the back like making a morphine from an intricate ways to break your whole team. Hi, I don't, I don't freestyle, bro. Oh, I was, I was saying, just keep saying the Pharaoh Monster lines. Whatever he he's was a, saying. He's too, he's too fast for me, man. I can't hey, keep up. Dang. He was getting tight. That's what I was asking. I just, <laughs> I just, I just, I just, I just listen. Do you, uh, do you do what Kyle the Beast does? Kyle the Beast on, uh, he, he wrestled on the, the Joey's Jell Spring Break and the Matt Riddle Bloodsport. Uh, he hails from the woods. They call him KTB. He does the, the thumb pointer and pinky hand thing or just the, you know, and he, and he moves his hand from back to forward with his head as well as he's rocking to his entrance music. Dude looks like a complete dweeb when he's out in the ring there. I've never even heard of him. <laughs> uh, last last basketball thing that I got from you, and I, I, I asked this because I just watched Andrew Wiggins drive to the paint and do absolutely nothing when he got to the paint. Do you think we could call it Denver? And somehow get them to flip Andrew Wiggins for Nikola Jokic? No. Damn it. Ladies and gentlemen, that'll Andrew Wiggins. our sportscast radio portion. <laughs> no, no, go ahead, go ahead. Andrew Wiggins is he had he had he had a pretty bad year this this year. He's in the new contract he signed. He's he's gonna be here for a couple of years. A couple more mm-hmm. years. I don't think. I don't think there's, like, coming off of this year. I don't think there's any way they're going to be able to trade him. This, you know, and and I still have hope. Obviously, you know, as, as yeah. an optimist. But doesn't that kind of bum you out? Like, yeah, we finally got this dude, and he's balling out, and we're going to pay him, and then we pay him, and then it was like, maybe we shouldn't have paid pay him. 
Man, there's a there's this is this is this is why this team is this is a sportscast radio thing, but this is why this team is just like one of the like weirdest, most disappointing, like just kinda odd like playoff teams. It, I mean there's it, a, there's don't... a lot to be happy about, but there's also yep. a lot to be like what is it, what's going on here? And what's scary about it to me isn't the fact of, oh, you know, people just have, you know, like they have their bad spots, so they're not used to the situation yet. Watching, like, Wiggins lose his intensity and not, like, not drive as hard. And, you know, dude, if that dude drove as hard as he wanted, like LeBron does, that dude could be posterizing cats, man. You know, put on 15 pounds in the weight room and just start going ham on people. And, you know, we've joked about this before, but. It's just, it's weird to see how, like, I just watched it again. Jokic is just putting six straight points on Carl Anthony Towns. Like, how did Towns just suddenly regret, regress with, like, his defensive ability? Like, there wasn't even effort. It's just yeah, weird. I just, don't, I just don't think these guys, like, I don't think Thibodeau is a bad coach, but I just don't know if these guys are, are Tibbs' guys. I don't know if they're responding to the way he coaches. And, and, you know, and maybe that's a testament to why, you know, obviously Teague wasn't a bull, but we see Teague and we see Butler and we see Taj Gibson, you know, pull together and win this game for us tonight. Because they, you know, two of the guys are used to it. And and Teague is somebody who I think can play in any situation. He just, he's the guy who I think gets lost in the shuffle and, and does better than some people think, but you just don't hear enough about him. So it's like, why is that dude worth that money? Well, when it's all said and done, that's why he got paid, but. Man, it's just it's it's just weird, the the Butler and and I mean Towns is still, you know one of the one of the top bigs in the league. I'll never. Oh my God, Jokic just yoked a three now. He got knocked over and still hit the three. Now he's shaking his head. He looks like Josh Scott, the Patriots buddy of ours that we used to have. Oh, I mean, it's just it's it's so just like it's just it's just odd, like how they re- they like regressed in certain abilities as they got older. But anyway, that's a, well, you know, we could talk about this for an hour, but, um, yeah. uh, you know, we heard about it. Jamal James, PVC, Elijah, you've, you've been to the camps, you've seen, you've talked to people, you know, you got, you got the guests lined up, you're texting with the people, break this card down for us on Friday. Well, it's, it's going to be obviously a Minnesota heavy card. Um, the plan with them promote these, this new crop of like Minnesota fighters and to get the armory like up and running again as a hot spot for boxing that it used to be. And like there are a lot of like really talented fighters who might not be quite as well known as they should be in the state of Minnesota. You know, like Jamal James, B. Sean Owens, um, Celso Ramirez, uh, Poppy G, you know, like these guys are talented fighters and they could be like the next crop of Minnesota fighters to get some recognition, you know, since like Jason Litzow and Antonio Johnson and Wilton Hilario and Javante Starks. And, um, there's one more. What guy about that Ben I'm Banja? Of. 
Matt Vanda's another guy. Like, this could be the next crop of guys that could get Minnesota, like, kind of recognized again with some boxers. And these guys could be the guys to actually sustain it. Because, you know, some of the, a lot of those guys that I mentioned had, like, fast starts and were kind of talked about a lot, and then they kind of, like, slowly just kind of faded away. I mean, I know Jason's still, like, trying to fight, but, you know, like, we haven't heard much from Javante Starks. I don't even mm-hmm. know if uh, Antonio Johnson is even boxing anymore. And, I mean, like, Antonio Johnson was, like, one of the best amateur boxers in the country when he was, like, coming up through the ranks for amateurs. So, I mean, I think this card is just, it's here. They're going to try and showcase some Minnesota guys. Hopefully they perform well enough and we get more more cards like this in the near future. I can't, you know, I'm... I just can't, God, I just sent you a Snapchat, by the way. Uh, you don't have to watch it right now, but it's just, it's just, it's, it's like, you gotta be, give me a break, man. Um, but you're, you know, you're not, you're not wrong. And that's what I think is so great about this is, you know, we discussed with, with, with Bobby G himself that there's a lot of Minnesota guys on this card and, you know, in a perfect world, these dudes show out, you know, and, and yeah. they go in and they, you know, they make noise and they start winning these fights and start knocking people out. Um, I, you know, I, I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to mention this because I didn't want it to sound disrespectful at all. I'm, you know, to be honest, but I love the fact that that Poppy G is fighting this dude Raymond Chacon, who's seven twenty eight and one, because look, I don't care that this dude that he's fighting has what the worst boxing record I've ever seen in my entire life. I want to see him get his ass knocked out in the first round. That's all I care about. And if that I means you, you, you fight some of these kind of – did you see that shot? Like, no, I didn't even watch it. I, like, I didn't oh, know the sound was on my phone, so I just like backed out of it right away. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, like, I, I understand, you know, you know, records don't necessarily mean everything, but, you know, a, a record like that tells the tale. And I want that to happen. He just hit a Nikola Jokic has just hit like three or four threes in people's faces. I, we've been talking after break here. Uh, I need to turn this rewatch off because I'm just going to cry that we don't have Jokic. But I want I want these dudes to dominate and destruct. You know, it's well, it's think of think of this too, and then and then drop your point here. What do you, you know, going back to the WrestleCast thing, you turn on Monday Night Raw, and what was the number one thing for, for all the wrestling fans? Um, and you may even know from, from us talking about it, or if you didn't see it. The number one thing that got Braun Strowman over is one of the most over guys in the company. They had him do squash matches. They had him smoke local talent, and they were enhancement matches, and he looked like a million dollars, and he got over I am a firm believer that you can do that in boxing and have an have it, it, you know an enhancement match style thing and get this dude you know get your dudes over and make them look like a million bucks. Yeah. I love that. And I mean you even have um uh Lydell Rhodes who is a guy that is like the first fight of the night. He's a guy that 
um, 20, 25 and two and one. And his uh-huh. two losses are to Sergey Lipinets. No, oh, that's the Edna damn Cherry. good loss. Oh, and so, Edna Cherry. And he, so Haskell Rhodes is in the and, opener, and he's had two losses against you. You could argue Sergey Lipinets is light years on anybody on this card. That is yeah. not a loss that is is bad at all. And it was a decision. And it was a decision loss. So it's not like he got absolutely so why is this blown dude out in the or anything. Because he's taking some time off. I think he. Oh, okay, I think he okay. had like. I think he had like a year or two layoff, and he's just taking some time off, and he's kind of starting to get back into it. I mean, this this guy he was many. He was one of Manny Pacquiao's like main sparring partners. Oh, was, and, was this the, the dude you were talking about that was at the weigh-in with the Pacquiao jacket? Yeah, he, well, you've seen him, too. He was at the press conference that we were at, and he had the Pacquiao jacket, and you're like, oh, that guy's oh, a yeah, that's, Pacquiao that's jacket. What I meant. Yeah, I remember him yeah. sitting over by the colleges. We, we need to, I want to talk to this gentleman. That, that's the next one. Let's, let's get this guy on. I want to talk to this dude. Because that's, so, that's, uh, that's incredible that, you know, this, dude, this dude's in the opener, and he just fought, you know, he fought Sergey Lipinier, who <laughs> is – you know, we we came out of the Mikey Garcia fight and said he became a bigger star from that fight. This yeah. is this, this is not a bad loss whatsoever. No. And it's just, I mean, you have Jamal James, who's the headliner, who's the number four, number four ranked guy in the world, and mm-hmm. he's been in. He's been in with some some great, like he's been in with some really good against some really good competition as well, and he only has. One loss, and he and that was to Zugas, who we yeah, we have and, said could become a star in this division. So that's and this, he, you know, he's on that Lipinier route with with Rose. Well, that's not a that's not a bad loss at all. Well, and it was a close decision, and Jamal James took that fight like on very short notice, like I think like a few weeks notice he took that fight on, and and or and he and he had a close decision against him and uh your Danis has been like hot after that fight so I mean like Jamal has been in there with obviously Diego Chavez who he knocked out he beat Jojo Don he's beat uh Wale Omataso who's a very tough game fighter um he has a win over Javier Molina he has a win over Carl uh, Juan Carlos Abreu so I mean he's been in there with some some good competition. Mohamed Kayango is another guy that's a good tough fighter. So I mean this is this is big. If if he wins this fight, he's probably getting a title shot. I mean Abel Ramos is is no is no scrub. He actually he went to he actually took Baranchuk to a to a, um, oh, he lost a unanimous decision to Branchek. <laughs> hey, he, we know what Ivan Branchek is. That is, that is Mr. Tryhard. Yeah, he 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 took Branchek to a decision. So I mean, he this guy's no this guy's no slouch, and he and Ramos has been in there with like Progres. He lost to Progres. Um, so Maurice Hooker, he actually fought Maurice Hooker to a draw. Ramos did, so. I mean, this is, this is this is good. This is going to be some some good fights. Um, <laughs> you, I don't know if I want to 
Yeah, never mind. I I had what? two updated news from what I was talking about earlier given over to me, and it's it it would take us away from this PBC mm-hmm. fight card, but it's it's very interesting news. We will talk about it next week. <laughs> oh yeah, because one of these is is interesting, and the other one uh, might make you sign off and not want to uh, finish the last five minutes of the show. And I don't want you to just hang up because it's going to diffuse anything we just talked about. <laughs> and there's right. quotes, meaning he's not lying. There's quotes, so this dude's not lying, which makes it worse. You'll have to tell me, like, we'll have to talk, like, after the show is over. All right, after the show, we'll go on Xbox for a minute, and I will um, piss yeah. you off before you go to bed. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we, we, we're going to get you guys some interviews. Hopefully, we're going to talk to some people, get some notes taken. Um, we're going to get to the building early. Uh, a couple hours before the show starts. Actually, so I, don't, I, I, I talked to Rob today, and the like doors open at 5.30, and that's when when media can go into. So, so it's going to oh, be 5.30. Oh, because we can't get until 5.30. Yeah, like, every, it's like that's when time for everybody, including media, will be. So, But we'll make well, it work. We'll, we'll have to kind of jump around because I want to see the opening fight after uh, hearing about dude fighting guys like Sergey Lipnick. And obviously, oh, we'll probably definitely. be in the second fight. So we'll have to check them out first. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be working, but we're gonna be fans first. I can't wait for that. So we'll get some good good stuff for you guys. You know, if if you're out of state and out of the area, because we have a few different countries that listen to the show, so obviously you can't attend it. Fox Force One is going to be showing up this Friday. Um, fights start at six o'clock in our time zone. I believe nine o'clock is the actual fights on your end. There's, I think, three fights that are going to be on the FS1 card. Jamal James, Abel Ramos, and then obviously the Edna Cherry fight will be. I'm not sure if sure if the third to last fight will make the show or not. I heard. Um, that, I thought. I thought I heard that Vishan was going to be on on the on TV, but I don't know. That would make. I mean, sense. That would, if they're doing a nine o'clock start fight. time, well, and if they're doing a nine o'clock start time, I'm sure they're going to go till at least eleven thirty. So throwing Vishan Owens against that, what's that dude's name? Scott Fedora? Scott Fanara? Sebastian Fondora. Fondora. I I knew it was something like, I wanted to say Fondora, but I knew that wasn't it. So that That very well may make the card as well. That is a fight that I'm most intrigued about to see. Because Vishan's like 5'10", 5'11". And this dude's 6'7"? Yeah. Like, like, I love that you mentioned that, you know, in the interview. We got a six seven dude. I mean, he's got almost a foot on Vashon. So it's that's that's a fight that I like. My that is, I'm like, man, I want to see this because this might be this might be a spectacle. I hope he does the little Mac upwards jump punch and just knocks his dude out. <laughs> So I hope he just, know, I hope he just I hope he hits him with a just a big like liver body shot and just like crumples oh, him. That's what we were so, talking about. He's like, man, I'm going to the body. He's like, I'm chopping that tree down. I'm like liver shot. And he's like, man, he's, I'm like liver shot. And he's like, man, why you get, why why you gotta be stealing my 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 strategies? I want to see this this big tree drop like when Martin Murray got hit in the liver by Gennady Golovkin, and he took about four steps and then fell over. It was one of the most brutal things I've ever seen in my life. 
delayed reaction. <laughs> yeah, where he's like, oh, I'm good. And then he, then all of a sudden, like, blood comes out of his anus. Like, that's what I hope yeah. happens. Um, you know, so so we got, I believe there's eight fights. Two or three will be on TV for you guys, FS1. Check them out, support. It's going to be awesome. You heard the links earlier, Poppy G. Hit up his Instagram. Hit up the, hit up the Twitter, hit up the Facebook. Gonna what be dope. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was, it was. I think it was superhuman. Uh, the, the, like I said, you know, the links are in there. You know, we have them on there. Um, Elijah usually is posting all over about this kind of stuff, so we'll get links out. One of the two of us. Uh, he's probably a little more reliable at the moment than I am, but I will do my damn just to get this stuff out. So we'll get that out. We're here on Friday. We're gonna give you coverage. We'll be back next week. We'll have a lot to talk about. It's gonna be great. Once again, shout out to Poppy G. Thanks for coming on. Elijah, thanks for setting us up. And we'll keep you guys posted uh, in the coming weeks here as we, we have more guests come on, and we'll let you know who they are ahead of time so you can give them a, give them a, a check out and see what you think. Also, shout out to Nick Hagberg for the get to know him on, on Jamal James. It's always a pleasure yes, that, to get that inside info. I'm excited, man. It was a great show. We'll, we're going to catch you guys next week. Make sure to watch the show on Friday. Elijah. Support Minnesota boxing. Hell yeah. Always a pleasure, man. Yeah, Peace out, guys. A pleasure. We'll catch you later. Bye.